Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing. We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body. So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends. This is episode 81. And today we're going to talk about how our thoughts create our health. (laughs) We talk a lot about um, our mind, our thoughts, and sort of thought work, right? And um, we've talked about um, in the past of how that can, our minds can create different uh, scenarios within our physical body, right? Um, So today we're going to talk a little bit about how our minds create that um, physical state of our health um, on in like a recurring pattern, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So um, when we were talking about it earlier, my example was um, when we look at neurotransmitters and we look at levels like our levels of serotonin, our levels of dopamine. Okay. And so say that our body's creating adequate amounts of serotonin. Um, and we don't have a lot of issues with anxiety or depression and then something happens, right? Something happens in our world, right? Whether, um, a trauma, right? A loss, right? And all of a sudden we're experiencing grief, right? If it's a, a, a loss of a loved one, then we, so then we're sad, right? And so, um, we experience that sadness, that grief, right? In whatever way. And that changes our neurotransmitters, right? And oftentimes that can be a short-term change um, depending on how we handle and cope with those feelings and those thoughts around this event that happened in our lives, right? Um, You could insert a, a traumatic event in there, right? We look at it over, um, from a broader perspective. It's not as, and then, okay, my thoughts are not tracking. So then, okay, we're in this grief pattern, right? Then it can lead to depression, right? Sort of can be create this like long-term depression. So then if we were to test neurotransmitters, your serotonin would be on the lower side, maybe the dopamine as well. But if we looked at that initial event, right? um, And we didn't have a history of depression. It's not as if one day our body was able to produce serotonin well, And then an event happened and then all of a sudden our body's not able to produce serotonin, right? It's not that black and white. What we um, see and what I'd hypothesize is happening is that that chronic thoughts, right? That chronic feeling of being sad because we've lost someone that creates this depression, those thoughts create a physical response, right? We downregulate receptors, right? Our body doesn't produce as much serotonin long-term. It does become a stressor. Uh, So we change the demand for our cortisol, right? We change the demand for those cofactors. So then chronically our mind, our brain doesn't produce as much neurotransmitters. And then we create this chronic depression can even lead to major depression in some folks. Um, 
over time. Mm -hmm. So we've changed the new baseline um, of our physical health and our mental health uh, because of those chronic um, thoughts and feelings that we didn't know how to cope with. We didn't know how to manage. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally get on a soapbox on this. So you're going to have to reel me in because I have lots of thoughts. Uh, Yes. Like as you're talking, I'm thinking of like different individuals in my life, whether they were clients or whether they were just individuals in my life. Right. And I go back to their stories and I look how as adults, they show up in the world. Right. But I also know their childhood stories and it's like clicking for me. It's because I just can't, well, let me reverse. As a society, the United States, I can only talk about us, but I'm, I suspect it's a worldwide epidemic that we are not taught where emotions come from. And we are not taught how to deal with emotions. And we are not taught that it is okay to feel the spectrum of emotions, right? We are taught we really want to stay over here on the positive side, right? And to push away the negative, don't deal with the negative, pretend it doesn't exist, push it down or numb it out. Do whatever you need to do, find, develop some coping mechanisms. Don't deal with these negative. Yeah. Self-medicate. Yeah. We do a really good job of that. Like, especially the United States has done a fantastic job of enabling us to do that. Right. Because people have created good or bad, whatever. doesn't matter. That's not the point of this conversation. People have created businesses around helping us, enabling us to to escape the negative emotions, i.e. social media, Netflix, you know, um, porn, drugs, alcohol, processed food that's addictive. Like these are all things that we use as coping mechanisms. Do not deal with the negative emotions. And you watch how parents like parent their kids. Like I coach so many parents and they don't want their kids to experience negative emotions. They will tell me, I just want my kid to be happy. Yeah. Your daughter is not fucking Cinderella. Like, like this is not a fairy tale. Like they are not going to be happy all the time. And you're doing a disservice to this kid because you're not teaching them how to be a human. Like they're right. going to experience the whole spectrum and to teach them that like they should just be happy all the time. And then they, now they need to act happy to make sure that you're happy because you're not going to be happy if they're not happy. Right. So then we've taught them to people, please. Right. It's just like, we keep like perpetuating this epidemic of not dealing with the human experience and dealing with all the human emotions. So we don't teach our kids. So then our kids experience trauma, whatever that may be, right? Like little traumas to like parents arguing to big traumas of parents getting a divorce to even bigger traumas of sexual, emotional, verbal, uh, physical abuse, right? Like, and then we get stuck and then it becomes part of our belief system, right? That we're this little kid that doesn't have the power or control to change things. It feels terrible, right? It feels terrible to us as adults. It feels terrible to the little kids. 
and then we create these coping mechanisms because we have these all these negative emotions that we're feeling, but we don't know what to do with them. Nobody's listening to us. We don't know how to process them, right? And then we start creating beliefs. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to get out of them. Right. And like, I think it was you. Tell me if it was you or somebody else told me that there is like a, there's a whole new branch of psychology that has developed and that's in high demand and there's not enough, but it's, um, child, child psychiatrist and psychologist, because kids are getting on psychological medicine at a much younger age now. Yes. Yeah. That specialty is kind of blowing up. Um, because and and often it's it's around behaviors, right? Um, oh, yeah, because we got to med those kids. We don't like them acting weird. Yeah, so often it's around behaviors, and so um, but they're uh, recommending uh, antidepressants, antipsychotics. Um, I mean, ADHD meds have been around for you know um, quite a while, but now like aggressive. Um, uh, aggressive behavior, right. Is being medicated. Um, and so the world of child psychiatry, um, is changing. It's growing. Yeah. And it's just, it's a shame because like, for me, that's symptom management for a, for a person that likes holistic wellness, but also a person that's been in the system. Yeah. You're just giving me symptom management. And now I'm going to limp around because I have this belief and idea that I don't have control over my life. Not worthy. I'm not enough. My life is kind of shitty. So I'm depressed about it. Now I'm a person with this diagnosis that is you officially call me depressed. So I have a belief now that I'm depressed and those beliefs then tell my body we're a depressed person. Let's downregulate things. Let's not produce as much of these things. This is who we are. Subconscious mind, the body follows what the mind tells it to do. Exactly. And then it manifests in the, uh, you know, in the symptoms, right, that are associated with depression, mm-hmm. right? The trouble um, sleeping, either sleeping all the time or not getting enough sleep right? Um, Not having any energy or any motivation, right? Just kind of this flat affect um, because we create that within our mind, right? Body creates that within our physical body. um, And then it becomes this uh, cycle that is um, challenging to break. Yeah. You don't know any different. I think for a lot of people, they think this is a they don't know another option to feel differently. And it feels very impossible to even imagine feeling differently. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, we've talked about before how our how efficient our brain is, right? That it tries to take the shortest path from A to B. And if that path is very well-worn and it's very clear cut, that it's gonna continue to do that. Um, so it's the same thing. If we have these thoughts and the, um, these beliefs, right, that we're depressed, that um, we uh, are sad all the time, that we have this, yeah, depressive state, your, your brain is going to constantly produce, right, an, a, uh, an environment or a situation within your physical body that represents that. Yep. 
Yeah. And you, and you look at, yeah. yeah, I think of couples, people specifically right now, like they have so many health issues and, and like one of them specifically told me like they've been on anti-anxiety for years, right. years, right? And this person still is like anxious and depressed mm-hmm. on this medication and like constantly is manifesting more and more like health issues, right? And, and if I were to tell them like, it's your thoughts are creating that, like the way you think, like they would be like, you're crazy right? Because we have this rhetoric in our society that we're all victims. Yeah. Right. And that we should just feel sorry for you and like medicate you. And I'm not like making fun of it, but I, I'm resentful of it because it's so disempowering. Yeah. Right. Like instead of being like, yeah, that trauma was terrible. Right. And you did the best that you could but you get to write a new chapter of your life. You don't have to identify as this victim for the rest of your life. This you don't have to keep reliving it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think um, one of the, the challenges, especially, yeah, if um, folks are on antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds, um, they often um, only work for so long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes a polypharmacy. They have to add another antidepressant or another anti-anxiety med or an anti-psychotic medication um, on board because they're trying to address different areas within those neurotransmitters, right? But that's not getting to the root problem. Right. Yeah, the root cause is that how we've identified, right? Like our belief system, that belief pattern that you're speaking of, um, if that doesn't get addressed, then it's constantly going to be one medication after another, right? Um, I have a gentleman who, he's in his 60s and he's been on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication since his 20s. And he's experiencing some intense side effects and he's frustrated because nobody ever told him that he would have side effects, right? I mean, he's been on this medication for over 40 years Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it still is this understanding that he's still going to have to be on anti-anxiety medicine for the rest of his life, right? I mean, he's 60 seven, I think. Um, and so he's still under the impression I'm going to be on this medication the rest of my life, but now his side effects are so intense. It's hard for, he has his own business. It's hard for him to show up in his business every day. Yeah. Um, because this medication is now creating, um, like, uh, uh, like ticks, right. Um, physical, physical ticks, um, and tremors, I was kind of looking like a Parkinson's picture, but it's all because of the medication, right? And he's so frustrated that nobody ever told him that. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, 40 years ago, it's the same medication, right? Um, but they don't quite explain that, right? They're trying to get you out of sort of this, um, Sometimes it's a self-destructive cycle, right? That people have or um, out of a major depressive episode just to like a depressive episode. Um, And 
there's not always this um, end goal, right? There's not with the medication or within the world of um, uh, counseling or psychiatry, there's not always a clear like end goal of like, let's improve things or let's change things. It's like, hey, we're just trying to keep you from hurting yourself or hurting other people. Right, and it's because of we were educated that it's a disorder basically that was genet like genetically you were predispositioned to this and so you're like you're just your brain's a little broken or it's just not neurotypical right and so it's like you feel like I can't change this this is part of who I am I was born like this right and then there's this idea that I didn't know until we started doing these panels that this medication, anti-anxiety, anti-depression was fixing things. Cause I tell you, it balances you out. That is the key word they will use. It balances you out. So you just think that it's fixing you, but then the more I learn and you can excavate, it's like, it is not like if I am supposed to have 200 molecules of dopamine and I only have 20, right? This medication is not creating 180 more. It's taking the 20 I have and making them stay longer in the cleft of the neurotransmitter or the neurons, but I've still only got 20 of them. They're just hanging around longer. Right. It's the medication is trying to, um, uh, Oh, um, help your body be more efficient at using what you've got. Yeah, it doesn't stimulate you to produce more. So like if you're only producing that 20, you're trying to get the most out of that 20, but you still only have 20. Yes. Yeah, and my body demands 200. Like that doesn't make sense. Like that's not. It doesn't add up. (laughs) That's Yeah, it it doesn't quite add up. So that's why, you know, for some folks when they may start, you know, and and, and adding depressant or anti-anxiety medication, um it may seem to help at the beginning right um but long term sometimes it 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 doesn't it it doesn't feel like it's helping right or changing the situation as much over time um and then sometimes you have to go up I, i didn't feel like i got better i felt like i was like out of the like crisis mode yes numbed a little but there was never a feeling of like i think i'm making real progress i feel better yeah no, um, that, yeah, that, that's, I think one of the big differences between, um, a holistic approach and, um, trying to, you know, build the body and address the mindset that's created, right. Um, the situation instead of just, um, uh, managing the situation, right. Or just like trying to, to, to manage things so that, you can still be productive and you're not, yeah, harming yourself or harming other people. Yeah. 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 There's, and like to circle it back to how we even started this, like Carmen and I were having this discussion, like the chicken and the egg. Like we have these people are taking these panels and they've been like this for years, like mm-hmm. serotonin, dopamine, none of them have come back with normal levels. Right. And, and they will tell you, like, I've been like this for years. And it's like, did they start with low serotonin and dopamine that created this depressive state, this like very negative mindset, right? 
or was it the negative mindset and how they, the meaning and the, and the way they perceived things that happened to them in life that then created the effect of serotonin and dopamine and other neurotransmitters been off. And I, for me, like emphatically was like, this is not even a discussion. It's, I didn't know how to deal with emotions and I created some beliefs and my body followed suit. We're a depressed person. Okay. This is how much we'll start producing then. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I think that you're right. I think that, uh, uh, when we step back and we look at and we evaluate, right. That relationship in how our mind and our subconscious creates our health right, and creates our physical manifestation um, and our state of health, it's, it's directly related to our minds and our thoughts, right, um, and it makes, it makes sense to me when, like I said, so somebody, right, um, who is having a good day, who's doing, you know, like doing well, we'll say, and then they experience a traumatic event, And then, you know, that triggers this thought and this belief pattern. So then a week, right? A month, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years from that event. Mm -hmm. um, If they have created that belief system that now they're a victim of that traumatic event, um, that's changing their neurotransmitters over time. It's not like one day you just woke up and like, oh, yeah. Yeah. my brain's not going to make what it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Now that being said, I do feel like I have to have a little bit of a caveat because you did bring up genetics. Um, there is a genetic component, right. Um, that determines how our body creates these enzymes, um, that produces these neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. But again, if our body was producing neurotransmitters in adequate amounts for us, right? Situation changes, our thoughts creates a belief pattern, then um, that can affect how those enzymes work after that, right? Then we're not making as much neurotransmitter because those enzymes are not as available, right? Yeah. But if the original um, uh, situation is that uh, our body can produce those neurotransmitters with whatever genetics we have, right? Um, there's no reason we can't maximize the amount of neurotransmitters our body is built to produce, um, even with genetic variations. I gotcha. I hope that wasn't too, yeah. Yeah. I hope that made sense. Yeah. So is it is it a question of like epigenetics, like... So it makes me wonder, like, are some people born with this genetic thing going on that they're not producing enough? Because it's hard to, like, I can't think of any of the, like, kids that, like, suffer from depression, anxiety without having any traumatic events that led up to it. You, um, so the, the genetic component, um, wouldn't, Okay, so the genetic component isn't an all or nothing, right? It's a spectrum. Okay. So say 
Um, if you have no polymorphisms, say your body, those enzymes are working at a hundred percent. Okay. So, um, and then if you have one poly, like our genes have two genes. If you have one polymorphism, say your genes, your enzymes are still working, but maybe they're only working at 70%. Okay. Right. And if you have two polymorphisms, then maybe say your genes only working maybe at 30%. Okay. So it's never not working. It's still working. It just, you may have to, you may um, have to maximize that. Okay. But even at 30%, right, that would look like um, a well-adjusted, right, um, coping healthy individual. Okay. So even people at 30% can still be, yeah, uh, well-adjusted, coping, happy, healthy, you know, um, uh, individual. And so to say that, you know, like depression, yes, you can see it run in families, but that doesn't have to be the case hundred percent of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's where sometimes like that, the, um, chicken and egg uh, hypotheses will go the other way because they'll say, oh, well, yeah, they'll bring in genetics. Like, oh, well, you know, uh, grandma, moms, dads, you know, aunts, uncles had depression, were suicide, you know, um, were suicidal. And now, you know, um, that translates into adulthood for the kids. Mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right. It's the, it's how the kids um in childhood um understand and respond to those events right so whether they're maximizing that 30 70 or 100 percent of how their body um you or how their body creates those neurotransmitters still directly affect is affected by their belief system and their thoughts of yeah. what happened you know in their childhood yeah. Which I feel like is so empowering. I think like I, sometimes I hear myself talk and I'm like, you're kind of harsh, but it's like, I get so like, this is, I want people to understand, like there is the rhetoric you've been fed is not the only story. Like you have options and you do not have to be a victim. Like you get to be empowered and make different choices for yourself. Right. I just don't feel like we're taught otherwise. It's just like, well, that's how it is. Just yeah. get on your meds. <laughs> yeah, there are some. Um, so this uh, might be, I don't know, maybe another podcast. But when you think about, um, like when we're saying, you know, you don't see a lot of um, kids with depression, like as a baby, right? Like right out of the gate, yeah, you know, yeah. from zero to two, yeah. you don't see a lot of kids with depression, right? Um, you can see kids with anxiety um, at a young age and often because that's right, they don't quite understand what to do with those feelings mm -hmm. um, from their environment around them. Um, and then, you know, as kind of kids get older, can manifest as like the ADD and ADHD, right? It becomes, it's more behavior, um, but that behavior is often so still associated with uh, the thoughts, right? And the mindset. Right, uh, because our, I, what my perspective is that our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions we take action out of. 
So their behaviors are actions that are coming from emotions. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to take um, time to make sure and kind of outline that because um, especially when we're talking around, you know, uh, children is that you usually see, you know, like the ADD, ADHD that everybody talks about Mm -hmm. um, and maybe the anxiousness. um, And then, you know, in adulthood, we translate that people can still be depressed and have ADD right? People can still be depressed and anxious and have ADHD. Um, It's just a different uh, way that we've learned to cope um, with our, and uh, with how we've identified, right? Um, Our situation, um, even, you know, as we've gotten older. Yeah. Yeah. And they all play together, right? Like what my understanding is that norepinephrine and epinephrine, are like the neurochemicals that, correct me if I'm wrong, are associated with ADD, ADHD, mm-hmm. right? And when those levels aren't right, that creates that to some degree. And dopamine is directly related because dopamine converts into those two. Exactly. It's a precursor. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I want to leave you guys. Do you have anything else? Okay. I want to leave you guys with two things. Like, one, there's this amazing book. So if you're into like, if you're willing and you're open-minded enough to really like align with it, our thoughts create our reality. Whatever we think will show up in our lives through our emotions and through our actions and will create results, right? Firmly believe that. Carmen firmly believes that. We still get people like, mm, right? It's that your thoughts, all thoughts are optional. And they are creating everything in your life from your health, your wealth, your family, your relationships, everything. There's this book that's called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And it was written, I believe, in the 60s. And it's phenomenal. Like it talks about like how what we tell our subconscious mind is what it will go to work creating in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a very good book if you're interested in that. And then there's this show on Netflix. It's called The Starling. And it's got Melissa McCarthy in it. Um, And I think it was such a perfect portrait of, in my personal opinion, how broken the mental health system is. So their kid dies and her husband ends up in a mental health facility hospital. And you just see that the whole objective is how do you feel? How does that make you feel? Here's some pills. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't working for all these patients. It wasn't working in there. Right. And like, I don't think the movie is set to like portray that, but as someone that has went through that as a client, (laughs) that whole system, it's like, this is a perfect example of why this doesn't work. Yeah right because he talks about it then when he's like really honest he's like i have been depressed since i was 20 and he was 40 something and he's like and i've been on and off meds right because you get to feeling better and you want off of them it's like because these are not hip these are not the solution we all know it even us crazy people in there right we know like this isn't fixing the problem right so i think it's very interesting to like watch that and see like oh yeah like our system needs an overhaul. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to look for that one. Yeah, that was good. All right, our friends. 
you guys have the power. You are in control. You are the locus of control in your life. You can make whatever changes you want. Okay. Yeah. So we'll catch you guys later. Do you love reading books? Of course you do. So do we. That's why we started a book club. It's a monthly subscription where you receive a box that has really fun prizes or gifts in it that go along with that month's theme and we rotate our books. One month we read a book about body, mind, and then soul. It's so fun to have this community of people that are interested in holistic wellness and we get to talk about all sorts of different topics based on that month and just getting everybody's different perspective. So if you're looking for a community of holistic-minded people and you love reading, this is gonna be the best community for you. It's so fun. Our members just talk about how fun it is to receive each month's box with a surprise book and a surprise gift. We meet via Zoom only twice a month to discuss the book. So if you're interested, go to thriveandalignhealing.com forward slash book club to join and we look forward to seeing you in the months to come.